Hi, everyone. It's Fat Billy here. Thanks for coming. Listen to our podcast. If you want more podcasts, you can go to patreon.com slash spoutlore where you can give us some money. And I like money so I can buy snacks. Gather round, friends, let me tell you a tale of three heroes, noble and bold. A brute, a druid, and a thief who is but nine years old. You know them by name, you know them by deed, their quests are famously daring. So here I sit, singing to you an adventure that is worth sharing. Tuck is the brute, he knows not his home, he loves to sing and fight. Vigor's half-elf, he shifts his shape and wields a spear with great pride. Billy's a thief, his tiny size does mask the largest heart. Best and brightest they may not be, but their friendship outweighs their smarts. So gather round, friends, and listen close, for the tale's about to start. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Board Show. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spout Lore. I'm your game master, Sean O'Hara. Joining me, as always, playing Tacoma Doom, the barbarian, Abdul Aziz. <laughs> <laughs> playing Ving, the half-elf druid, Paul Oppers. <sighs> and playing Fat Billy, the half-link thief, Jessica Ty. Hi. When right, just so everybody knows, Tuck's dead, and Borge is taking his place. <laughs> when last we left our hero, Tacoma Dome had been struck down by the powerful Borge. <laughs> I'm in the party now. <laughs> let's get a oh, let's describe Borge to us. Oh, you know, he's he works uh, admin at, in a parking department uh, for a municipal parking department. So he's a guy that in people McCall. come in McCall. Yeah, he's a good guy people come to when they get parking to fines and tickets and stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And dispute manager. He's a dispute manager, and he's he really he's good at managing the situations because people don't like talking about for that long. <laughs> Like a sloth at the DMV. They just give up. And they're His like, oh. torso shaped like an egg. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, he's a dispute manager at a municipal parking department. He's thirteen hundred pounds. He's eighteen feet tall. His flesh is made out of soil from the heart of the earth. Yeah, he's a giant. <laughs> he's got a little tie. Yeah. Hi guys, I'm bored. Who's getting the cake for for Deb's birthday? <laughs> uh, fuck. When last we left our heroes. They had arrived at Heartwood City. They decided to disguise themselves as they often do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Paul really pointed it out. You guys decided to disguise yourselves in a method that would demand the attention of everybody that looked at you. <laughs> Which is the way we always seem to do it. You hide in plain sight by making yourselves as like visually attractive as possible. Yeah. So, uh, and it's never let us down. Yeah. It's true. Every time. So, uh, Billy disguised himself uh, as a ball of yarn in a giant scarf. Mm -hmm. uh, Tuck disguised himself as. I think you described your outfit as looking like that of Steed Bonnet from uh, Our Flag Means Death. 100%. So cravats and a long coat. I also put fig elf ears on, but they're way too long, yeah. so they look like rabbit ears. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> uh, and Ving decided- Ving's dressed like Justin Trudeau in the 80s. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, you, you're dressed like a full centaur. Half a centaur. Half the a top half of a centaur. Just yeah. the top half. And the bottom half of a man. <laughs> 
So the plan was to enter the market with some quote unquote livestock to sell in the form of the sugar gliders, uh, which you did achieve. Uh, making contact with Wendy, the mm-hmm. ranger who yeah. was undercover in Hartwood City, using the most basic subterfuge possible to tell you that she was going to be at the Doubletree Inn having dinner. Mm-hmm. Billy made some friends slash enemies with a pie man slash science lady. Ving and Tuck made a good deal, honestly, selling some sugar gliders to the military because that's part of your plan. Yeah, we got a 1,500 gold 1,500 coins. coins minus 30 up front. <laughs> Uh, and then you went to meet Wendy at the Doubletree Inn, where you got some food and drink in classic Speltlore fashion. Right. It was give us a nice drink and then the weirdest meal you've ever heard. Yeah. Which was a full roast beef and all of the birds that you have. One thing we never do here at Speltlore is glaze over a meal. <laughs> <laughs> we acted out in painstaking detail, including incorporating the service staff yep. and also can I have a menu yeah. is a thing we constantly ask. And it's also shocking how much we bring up receipts for meals as well. <laughs> and there's always a wait. That's the thing. It's yeah. like you order the food and then some stuff happens and the food comes later. Like we don't jump to the food. <laughs> don't. No, no, we're very realistic with every approach. Yeah. With mm-hmm. this, with this yeah. specifically. Meals only. <laughs> yeah, we talk about bathroom breaks as well. What a quest you've been on. Yeah. <laughs> what an incredible adventure we've <laughs> undertaken. Uh, so you spoke to Wendy briefly about your plans for um, getting to the actual Heartwood. Yeah. To uh, investigate slash cleanse the corruption that, that you have discovered in the center. Mm-hmm. Before we were so rudely interrupted by a shrill voice proclaiming, requesting, nay, demanding the attention of his mummy. Finn, the small elf noble boy, mm-hmm. has arrived in the hotel bar of the Doubletree Inn with his mother. And that is where we find our heroes now. What do you do? Oh, shit. Tuck slides down in the booth that we're in. <laughs> so you could just see the only the ears po- poking yeah. out above the booth. And being seven feet tall and like 500 pounds, the, the whole table, table moves. Yeah. The bottom yeah. of his body becomes way more visible. <laughs> his legs it's stick out under the table. It does an accidental fruit basket again to the entire restaurant. The, a waiter walking by trips over my legs. <laughs> the lamplighter drinks go everywhere. Yeah, there's a huge commotion at this table. Like drinks spill, the oh, table yeah. moves. The scratching record in the in the heart player stops playing. Yeah, yeah, and you look to your immediate right wing, and Wendy is gone from sight. Whoa! She just whoosh, disappears. Oh, Wendy! <laughs> Billy panics and he grabs the whole roast uh-huh. and b- curls up into a ball to like think like become a pillow, uh-huh. become a pillow. Yeah. So what is your plan here? Is it to is it to just hope he doesn't notice you? Billy is hiding. I'm hiding. And Ving is... <laughs> uh, I've, yeah, combed all my hair over my face. And um, I, oh, I pick up the trays and I, I put on, like, the towel. And I'm like, I'm the waiter now. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so smart. For some reason, okay. Okay, so defy dangers, dexterity, dexterity, and charisma. Can I do charisma since I'm hiding? You're hiding. <laughs> what? Emotion? Like... With your personality? Yeah, I'm trying to make my personality. Okay, yeah, good your point. Fe- yeah, you're good <laughs> good <laughs> point. This doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, no, good nice. point, good point. I got three. Plus charisma is zero. But I did dent the table. <laughs> Whoa, holy shit. That's worth it. I got nine. Okay. Seven. Seven, nine, nine. three. So you're not going to be able to get far. I think that's Billy and Tuck is your partial success is you're hiding, but you're stuck in this booth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ving... Got a failure, so you get up and you put the rag over your arm and the uh, the tray in your hand, 
And as this huge commotion happens and there's crashing and the drinks spill, somebody that looks like he's wearing like a vest, like a shorter elf man in a vest and a short hair and a mustache walks over to you and is like, what's going on? They've, they've spilled their drinks. Go, go get them more drinks. Go uh, get their food. And uh, he's like we're pushing you towards the bar in the kitchen. What are you, my manager? I, with that tone of voice? No, I don't think I will be much longer. <laughs> oh my now God. Now get them their drinks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm so sorry. Sir. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> and he comes back over to the table. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then Tuck goes, I have never. <laughs> <laughs> he's slouched down pretty far, too. Uh-huh. I have never. <laughs> he's slouched under the table. Yeah, pretty and much. And he's acting indignant. Yeah, just his <laughs> chin is on the table. <laughs> his ears so long. <laughs> I have been a patron of the Double Tree Inn at Wingdom Hotels for years now. <laughs> I will take my loyalty card to the Marriott. <laughs> Sir, I don't think that will be necessary. We would be more than happy to, to make this meal complimentary for you and your small son. Daddy, <laughs> is that true? <laughs> Do we have to go to the Marriott? <laughs> I don't like the Marriott. Their roast beef is inferior. <laughs> I lost my roast beef in the kerfuffle somewhere. <laughs> I, I happen to have misplaced it amongst all the chaos. And then Tuck is just like the Yelp stone outside of this <laughs> restaurant will be a fire with comments. Hold on a chisel. Don't make me use it. The Yelp stone outside this restaurant will know my wrath. <laughs> If my son does not get a second roast. He's got his fingers woven in front of his chest in supplication and he bows so low to you and he goes, <laughs> sir, I, we will do your utmost, our utmost best to make sure that your stay here at the Doubletree Inn is exemplary. I would like a private dining room now. Okay, now you got to roll something. <laughs> you're right. ask, you're, you, you, you ask too much. Uh, 2d6 plus charisma. Oh, yeah, I guess parlay. Yeah. Ooh. Unless you want to... <laughs> 13. <laughs> Doesn't matter, I guess. He goes, of course, sir. Of course. We would be more than happy to, uh, to, to, to bring you to our canopy lounge. And I want a curtain brought over here so nobody sees us go over to the canopy lounge because we're embarrassed about <laughs> how covered in this liquid we are. Oh, yeah, because you're glowing from the, yeah. the drinks. Right away, sir. Yes. And he reaches up and he goes... Like he claps and Ving, as you're, as you're hustling into the kitchen towards the double doors that go into the back, they flap open and like half a dozen elves come out with curtains and go like (laughs) across and spread out in front of the table. So fancy. Welcome to the double tree. Yeah. They take service seriously here. Wow. So I'm in the kitchen and I'm like, yeah, you're in the kitchen. Yeah. At the bar. Yep. And you see through the like service window, you see Finn and his mother, Fen be seated at a table in the in the lounge Ooh. yeah um i just i don't really need to do anything here well as you're discuss, as you're standing there with just your tray there, like uh, a, a, a larger elf bald little chef's hat on greasy just like comes up with two plates and puts them on your thing and goes table five <laughs> table which, which one's table five the fifth one Okay, no problem. <laughs> roll a discern realities to find table five. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, go ahead and roll discern realities. Don't tell my players how to roll. <laughs> I got uh, 10. Okay, so you get three questions off the discern realities list. What's about to happen? What's about to happen is um, you can see 
Tuck and Billy being like ushered into a private dining room that's like just off the main lounge. And as they're being taken into this private dining room, you see Finn's mother, Fen, like look over like, there's a private dining room. Oh, shit. And I'm in the main lounge. (laughs) Unacceptable. And she starts snapping to like get the, the manager to come over. What should I be on the lookout for? Uh, wherever Wendy went, like she's like your main kind of connection to what's going on with the Rangers in Hartwood City. So you need to track her down at some point. Okay, what here's not what it appears to be. There's a bartender <laughs> at the bar who looks a lot like Wendy, <laughs> who's, who's mixing up drinks. <laughs> and I walk up and I Ving just goes out there and charms. Table five. <laughs> oh, did, did you get any on the plate on your fork? <laughs> like he's just like a really good waiter. Yeah. Well, you're gonna have to roll for that. Okay. Defy I'm go da- and wait the shit out of this restaurant. Defy danger, charisma for charm. Not, oh, six plus charisma is zero. Oh, oh so got six. Can we aid? Can we from aid? Where we are? Billy can aid from any distance right. with fairy child. Okay, so uh, Tuck is carrying me over his shoulder like a baby. Yeah, and uh-huh. I'm patting your back, pretending like you're crying because <laughs> yeah. your roast is gone. The even roast that he has I with him. Sh- it's it. between us. <laughs> <laughs> it's being pressed against your white suit. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna aid him from a distance yeah 2d6 plus bond six shit shit can i aid billy <laughs> like i'm me being like carrying him and hugging him is like yeah. offering some kind of spiritual the, support the burping is really helping as well <laughs> he's feeling clear and fresh <laughs> yeah the lamplighter was too carbonated for you so it's giving you acid reflux and uh-huh. burping it out of you 11 okay nice. so uh you burp billy and uh and, and a bunch of a big burp yeah and a bunch of bioluminescent like <laughs> gas comes out of your mouth so you like a little glittery yellow cloud forms in front of you and i blow it towards Ving. that's so fucking good <laughs> and you Ving, you smell a burp r- wash across your face it's colorful i'm lifting my feet are off the ground i'm floating on this burp all the way to p- table number five. Yeah. Put the plates on the right table. And uh, as you like touch down, the cloud kind of settles over them and they're like, oh, oh, you are such a charmer. I swear if I was 150 years younger. <laughs> Don't tell me that. I might age myself. <laughs> what? <laughs> you tweedle away. So we'll go back to Billy and Tuck. Yeah. You are it, it welcomed into the uh, canopy dining room. Yes. And the canopy dining room has a roof that is made out of the living woven branches of the tree that the double tree Inn is built inside of. Cool. Uh, and then like tall, you know, like in Lord of the Rings, how like elf windows look all fucked up and weird. Yeah. It's like that. Like it's like very spirally like wood designs and then like very tall, fragile looking glass that looks out over um, this very fine district of Hartwood City. But you are also taken, you know, with the sort of the gloom and tension that has been washing over the city oh yeah it's like a beautiful sight but you can feel like the 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 tension oh shit you can see the lights of the city only go so far and then it's just like black dust and like yeah like crying babies and stuff yeah (laughs) Yeah, dogs barking car alarms you know that kind of stuff yeah Yeah. i go and i look at the window and like the 
darkness of the forest is stark. Mm-hmm. Like it's a kind of darkness that eats mm-hmm. light. Like usually like in a city it'll like throw light Weird. into like the surrounding areas, but like it just ends and then it's black mm-hmm. past it. Oof. Not oh. unlike the Gibbous Man himself. Ooh. Totally, yeah. I like it. Uh, and I just realized that I have that move, I think, that I the first time I encounter something I can ask about. Bardic, bardic lore? Yeah. Yeah, so what do you, what do you ask? What question are you asking? Ever since Tuck came into the city, he cannot stop thinking about the prophecy. Mm. Oh. Or the burning tree. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he's like, he is beneath a massive tree that is alight with like bioluminescent fire. Mm. So he's just like, how specific are <laughs> yeah. these prophecies? It's like, uh-huh. is it symbolism? Yeah, totally. And then yeah. Tuck's like, I don't understand anything about symbolism. <laughs> Does it have like or as in it? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have like or as. I don't think this is symbolism. Oh my god, it means it's a metaphor, which is even worse. (laughs) But yeah, Tuck is, he wants to know more about the history of the tree and how it works. Yeah, so Hmm. because this is bardic lore, of course, you are gleaning this from stories and songs that you've heard, heard and learned over your years as a traveling musician. Yeah. So the thing that you know historically is legends say that the elves are the fruit of this tree. Whoa. These are stories. This is like a creation myth within elven culture is that they are the fruit of this tree that like the first elf was grown from the branches of this thing. Oh, cool. And that this was not only the heart of the forest, but the heart of like elven culture. Cool. Um, And because of that, for millennia uncounted, because elves have existed for tens of thousands of years and their culture is sort of like unbroken they treated this tree with unbelievable reverence so most elves at least for a long time like they lived under the shade of the branches and they lived off the fruit of the trees and that kind of stuff but they left the care of the tree to the gardeners Uh so gardeners have lived in sort of a cloistered temple around the tree forever Uh um, which ving mentioned i think either last episode or the episode before has been built up more defensively over the last few years Uh like there's now a a wall wall for defensive purposes as opposed to a wall to delineate like the borders of the temple Mm -hmm. are there ever any like open days where the cloister and the church that are associated with the tree like allow you Mm -hmm. to get close enough to it Mm -hmm. to like examine it like allow the populace access to the tree any right ritualized yeah processions or like yeah any kind of like church like you know how like seasonal Sunday, thing yeah or a se- yeah. like a festival or like a weekly thing mm-hmm. something where it's like you go and you pay homage to the tree or something mm-hmm. is that part of their religion or their culture in is any it way? saturday or sunday yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh there definitely used to be mm-hmm. like because the this wall and the sort of isolation of the tree is relatively new Tuck probably wouldn't know if it's still happening, but there are definitely holidays. There's probably a holiday that's like the beginning of spring. That is the beginning of like the lamplighter life cycle. So the tree is especially vibrant at that time as, yeah. as the lamplighters start to hatch and sort of grow. Mm. Cool. Um, so It'd that's the, probably... Yeah, the blossoming of the flowers before the fruit of the lamplighter. Yeah. Leo mentioned a holiday that was coming up. He did. It was... What did he... First light? First light. So there are holidays like that, but it's probably pretty far away, mm-hmm. which is not to say 
you couldn't settle in and play the long game and wait for first light for first light but that's probably a few months away <sighs> there's also academies where people before they get to the gardeners like a priest um school you know what yeah, I like, mean? A like a seminary a, a seminary yeah, yeah. There's seminary schools, so there's like a school that you go to learn about the gardener way oh. before. So that could yeah. be somewhere that we start. Hypothetically, we could kill someone, <laughs> <laughs> steal their outfit, yeah, uh-huh. and then take their identity and then pretend to be priests. Yeah, you guys could just like breaking into the Death Star style. Yeah, <laughs> find a couple guys, steal their outfits, or kill them, <laughs> or kill them. You could kill them. <laughs> That is on the table. <laughs> That's what Texas says to Billy. As we're like looking out the window at the heart tree. Yeah. And I was like, you remember how like I put on that guy's outfit outside of the clear water mm-hmm. and then I used that to get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's I feel like we could do that again. We definitely could, but I also remember you crying a lot for <laughs> a lot of nights after you did that. And I was like, he's crying more than usual. <laughs> more than usual. And I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but like, did it have anything to do with you killing that dude to steal his pants? No. <laughs> Is it? Are you crying because I'm bringing it up? The chicken's just so spicy it's here. So spicy. <laughs> Is that purry, purry? Billy's eating a whole roast during this conversation. Yeah. By the way, yeah. Billy is like stone, like not crying at all. And Tuck is like weeping, eating a chicken, <laughs> biting a roast like an apple. <laughs> Back to the dining room. Uh, Ving and Wendy are like cocktails and dreams, Tom Cruise style doing bartender tricks. <laughs> right, yeah. And the cloud awesome. is like, yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Wendy flips it up in the air. The little martini shaker snatches it, opens it, pours three drinks in a row, oh. slides them down the bar in different directions. Ving drinks them all, spits them back in a different concoction. He had <laughs> gin in his mouth. He switched it up. <laughs> and a couple of people go, Oh, okay. <laughs> Lights them on fire. Oh, that's cool. We're back in. And she's trying to, she's like, all right, who's next for a drink at the bar? And she's doing all these tricks, but she's leaning Easy, in. Easy, big fella. <laughs> she's leaning in. Okay, what do we do? We cannot be spotted by the, the young man and his mother. She is a noble. She will rat us out for sure. We could get her blind drunk. <gasps> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're, okay, so your plan is to get her drunk? Yeah, great, sure, fine. Yeah, that's a great plan. Let's that get works. Really drink. Let's get her super. Just wasted. keep giving her free drinks. Do I have to roll for that? Maybe charisma, defy danger, charisma ah, to damn. not come on too strong. Okay, I'm gonna try and get her a bit more drinks, just so it's, she's like a little more loosey goosey in the yeah. mind, so she's unreliable in her memory. Mm-hmm. Great, I got snake eyes. Oh my fucking god! Okay, how can this situation escalate in some way? Yeah, she comes up to the bar shoulders her way mm-hmm. through the excited crowd having fun. Yeah. It's like, excuse me. Uh, and she tells me and I drop a Caesar on her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, ma'am, I am so, I am so sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he's putting vodka on a towel and like damping your face trying to, oh, my gosh. I never. That's a man to see your manager. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Wait a second. I'll go get the manager. Yeah, and she's like squinting after you as you rush off to go find the manager. Oh, man, I hope some of that Caesar landed in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and fra, fra, through the back door. Where's the manager? I need the manager. You're actually going to go ah. find the manager. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the manager. The manager's the, in his office. There's a lady there. She's very happy with the service. She wants to talk to the manager. Well, that's a 
I'm glad to hear that. Uh, and he goes, he walks past you. I'm going to go back to you guys. Okay. <laughs> I'm not causing too much shit here. <laughs> And you're, so you're going to sneak through, oh, you're going through some sort of back door. Yeah. Yeah. There's the a, kitchen. of course there's a private kitchen entrance to the, the canopy lounge mm-hmm. and you see Tuck and Billy standing in front of big wide windows, mm-hmm. tall and wide. Tuck is crying <laughs> a lot. Oh my God. Did you kill another man? <laughs> no, I thought about it though. <laughs> oh, you're God. thinking about it. I, I think there's other ways of getting clothes. We can think of other ways. <laughs> there's other ways there's of other getting ways. clothes. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, we tell you the plan. Yeah. We're like, we explain everything that we figured out about the tree that we could maybe dress as a priest and the priest in training get in there because there aren't that many festivals where they let you at the tree. Because mm-hmm. the first one is first light. First light is not for a few more weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, during first light, there is always a procession around the tree where each household brings um, a fruit, something that they've grown that year. Yeah. Ooh. In uh, representation of the first elf-born fruit. The, er, so the first fruit. Cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's like a fruit feast kind of, oh. where like everybody brings fruit and there's a feast. Or at least that's what it was when you were a kid. You remember yeah. it being that. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'm just going to add, it's, it's not pertinent to your planning, but then I think that um, there are gardeners that travel outside of the wood with like little glass globes full of lamplighters mm-hmm. and they take the light from the tree to the other towns Whoa. and like spread that first light of the year to everyone and it represents the spreading of the knowledge trees exactly like and the unity of the elf civilization mm-hmm. all our lights will burn at once but that has not happened for many years wendy says having suddenly appeared behind you <laughs> holy shit Whoa. <laughs> the light of the hot tree has not been spread to the outer cities why not because the hearts of elves have grown dim in return. Wow, you're really melodramatic sometimes. <laughs> she goes over to the window and she puts her hand on the glass. <laughs> and then Tuck does a similar thing because he's crying and like brooding. <laughs> yeah. and he goes up and he puts his head on the other side and he's like, sometimes I think back to some of the things that I've done and I feel like the lights in my heart have dimmed as well. Ving comes between them Puts both his hands on the window And sometimes I feel like I'm also getting dimmer (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Billy's hands go up on the window And uh, some gravy smears on And he just goes I just wanted to feel part of the group (laughs) I just imagine Billy putting his hands up Smearing gravy and going there's a dog down there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at that dog. <laughs> so fluffy. Uh, he's I- so brown. <laughs> he's got a little brown face and then he's got a little brown body. Slapping in the window. Hi, brown dog. <laughs> kind of, like Billy shows his face at the glass. What kind of dog? <laughs> Are you? <laughs> what kind of dog are you? <laughs> and the three adults in the room are trying to feel cool while you're doing this. <laughs> no, everyone's brooding while Billy's screaming into a piece of glass. What kind of dog are you? Kind of um, do- I'd like to roll to find out what kind of dog. <laughs> yeah, totally. Discern now, are you trying to recall what kind of dog it is? Or are you trying to ask the dog? Try ask the dog. Okay. Oh, cool. So. Discern oh, realities man. plus charisma. No, d- wisdom. Five. Oh, God. The dog looks at me blankly. <laughs> oh, he looked at you. 
that's pretty nice. Um, yeah. Okay. So that failure thing, you hear a noise, like you hear a commotion out in the, in the main lounge and you go, you run up the little circular window, like Ratatouille, where they look through the window <laughs> into the lounge. Uh, and you see going into the kitchen where they last saw you are a number of armed guards. <gasps> oh, Jesus, fuck. And, oh, no. and behind them is Fen pointing and, and speaking over the crowd. They found us out. We have to go. Wendy, where are our fucking weapons? They're in, the, they're in my room. Why would I have them on me? Your uh, axe is about six feet long and weighs <laughs> 90 pounds. Oh, what's the fastest way there? Um, Tuck uh, runs at the window and jumps into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I rolled. Is it Defy Danger Strength? I don't know. You just rolled. Uh, I guess Defy Danger Strength, yeah. Okay, that's 14. Cool. So 14, <laughs> you smash through the window. Uh, there's about three stories beneath you. Oh my God. What? Oh, wow. We were we're on an overlook. Are you trying to go all the way out the window or are you trying to grab something? I what room is she in? Do we know? Up. She's, She's I'll grab something. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not stupid. Probably so many trees outside of this tree. I'll grab I'll just try and grab the side of the tree. Get yeah. Dexterity to grab it quick? Yeah. Five. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Tuck, uh, you see Tuck go, I've got it. And he runs towards <laughs> the window and reaches out his arms as he smashes through. And you see his fingers close on open air. Um, <laughs> he got it all right. Yeah. So, what do you do? Does anybody try and help him here? Okay. I can try and um, give him a big shot of wind. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. You could elemental mastery him out I of this. Elemental mastery to. Um, Give Tuck a little toot up into the air, but you know yeah. what? I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let him fall for a second while I ask <laughs> Wendy, "What room are you in? What floor are you on?" I'm a, I'm in room uh, three one. And you can hear the whole time you're having this conversation. You're to Tuck go. Ah! <laughs> okay, elemental mastery. There we go. Two d six plus constitution for nice. the elementalist. <laughs> I got. 12. Okay. Whoa. So that means that you only have to pick one from the three. I will uh, pay nature's price. So it's like classic, like, ah, like stopping just above the street level. Yeah. Oh, as I hit a cushion of air. Cushion of yeah, air. And nice. <laughs> Back up into the air. Yeah. And you are all, all watching this from the window. You see Tucker like, and uh because with a 12 let's be real uh tuck you like a light on a you very gently set down on a balcony on a on a balcony about two two floors above the canopy lounge he like looks out onto the city and then takes a bite of a chicken that he had (laughs) i love this city When you jumped and said, I got it, you mean, we got it. We we can figure this out. (laughs) So pay nature's price. What does that mean in this context? Hmm. I, well, okay. So I do think I'll just hold on to this in this way. I think like you call this wind spirit. Who's like quite powerful that shoots tuck up two stories. And as you're like, all right, let's go. You kind of feel like you're like buffeted in the shoulder. And there's just like a, you see in your spiritual sense, there's like a very excitable wind spirit. (laughs) <laughs> that's now kind of following you around and it's just like what's up what are we doing <laughs> we have like a tasmanian devil <laughs> yeah ex- exactly yeah it's like just like an east wind sort of like okay let's do it let's go fucking blow some stuff down come on yeah. let's go easy <laughs> easy man whoa <laughs> man just just blow some steam but no let's just you just go you just go do what you gotta check okay, i appreciate what you did thank you no problem how much do i have to pay you like, what is nature's price here <laughs> it's just gonna follow you around for a bit <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. I should say, yeah, like every once in a while, like a lamp tips over because oh, yeah. this thing is just flitting around. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck? Oh, don't answer the wing ghost. We, uh, <laughs> Wendy's bangs are just like flapping in her face. Like, is this going to carry on for much longer? <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, Billy starts unraveling himself out of his costume. Right. Like making like a big yarn string rope thing. And he's going to try to climb up and leave a rope behind. Amazing. For thing to follow. I yeah, guess. great. <laughs> and Wendy. And Wendy, yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead and throw that 2d6 plus dexterity. Nice. Whoa. So strong. A 14. Oh, hell yeah. You make like a rope ladder with like two sides and so good. Runs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, you realize, like, anybody watching Billy do this realizes that he did this ahead of time. Like, he made it into like a yarn rope ladder yeah. that he then wore as a scarf. <laughs> And uh, yeah, you, with your little fairy accuracy, I guess flip it right up onto the balcony where Tuck is. Tuck, can you catch? I catch. Catch it. And you just, (laughs) arms straight out in front of you as everybody climbs the ladder. Yeah, Billy's just dangling on the bottom waiting his turn. Yeah. (laughs) One arm. Yeah, so strong. arm is eating chicken still. So strong. (laughs) Up the cavity of the chicken, eating it off. (laughs) Like a candied apple. Inside the chicken's, yeah. yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, Ving and Wendy yep. following up the, the ladder. Yep. And you are on the second floor, I believe I said. Quick, we, we don't have much time. So, Wendy leads you through this very nice room into the hallway. And uh, she's doing the, like, hand signals, like, stop, go, this way. And takes you up a stairwell to the third floor and the room that she is staying in. Which has a double bed, a chest of cabinets... It's got a small curing coffee maker, oh. uh, and then it's got a pile of weapons. All of your weapons. <gasps> Sick. And then Tuck grabs TLC right away. Yeah. And you he feel it like hum in your hand as you pick it up. Oh, they're humming. <laughs> mm, good to see you, bro. It's good to see you, little bros. I and everybody just straps on, uh, straps up. I put on my strap on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know this was here. I didn't know if you would need it or not, but I found it in your pack. <laughs> I bet you did. And she sits in the little chair that's in every hotel room that you're not really sure what it's there for. Mm-hmm. And uh, she turns to you all. So, what did you determine about the tree? Did you have any thoughts on the infiltration process? No, we wanted to know what you know and what has been set up by the rangers before we got here. That, I'm afraid, is confidential. What? Wait, you hired us. Yes, but I'm going to be honest with you three. Nathaniel mm-hmm. brought you in and brought us in, but that doesn't mean that I trust you. Whoa. You must understand that the life of a ranger is one of constant danger and one of constant vigilance. And the door to the closet pops open and Shadowpaw, her, her beaver cat, oh leaps God. onto the bed <laughs> and is standing behind you. You tell me right now why I should trust you or Shadowpaw here will rend you oh nape to neck. Shadowpaw, you're not going to do anything, are you? Oh, you don't know what I'm capable of. <laughs> oh, Jesus, this has been his voice the whole time. He's I, a Jersey bro. I don't get to talk very often, but I know that you've got a voice and I'm glad to hear it, but I'll <laughs> rip you to shreds. I don't know how to make you trust me. <laughs> I could tell you a secret. It depends on the secret, but very well. Okay. The more embarrassing, the better. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I pee in the bathtub every time. What? Every time? I can't help it. It's so warm. And Wendy nods. I trust you. I told you the level of water was going up. <laughs> There's no way he's peeing enough to change the level of I, the water. I swear it changed. It does not change. I didn't put that much water in there. <laughs> you? She looks to Tuck. I also pee in the bathtub every time. But I have to, t- I have to use the same bath water after. But I already heard a pee secret, so the the embarrassment has been lessened. Guys, sometimes when we don't have enough water, I use my forage skills to make coffee out of the old bathwater. <laughs> See? That I trust. But you, I need something more from you. That's weird, because I don't really ever do anything super embarrassing. Well, what about the poetry book that I see you no. writing all the time? Okay. What about time, the time you lost your virginity? pushes Billy to the ground. <laughs> Amateur poetry, you say. Well, that does sound embarrassing. Read me a poem from your book, and perhaps I will trust you. Fine. And then Tuck looks at Billy, and he's like, you fucking betrayed me. I'm so sorry. He takes a marble out of the jar. He dumps half of the marbles into the toilet. Billy has to hold his fist up to stop himself from crying and screaming. I earned this. I deserve it. Shadow Paws just like, whoa, man, that's pretty harsh. I've heard of these marbles. These little kids love them. Can't believe you would do this. You're my enemy now. <laughs> Read the poem. Okay. Um, can I take a second to write a poem? Oh, sure. Okay? Yeah, totally. It's a poem about Wendy. <laughs> oh, that would be pretty good. That would be pretty embarrassing. <laughs> okay. All right, so Wendy leans back in her chair. Uh, and Tuck is like, he's flipping through and... At, you see at the top of every page is a different lady's name. <laughs> <laughs> what does the book look like? Like, what does this little book look like? And how long has he had it for? Uh, what comes before W? <laughs> <laughs> Me. Uh, <laughs> the book, it's... Uh, so he stole it from Bar, and it's like a, just like a bunch of like purchase orders, essentially. That was like going into the trash and he was just like, I'll just use this for a book. So it's not even a book. It's a bunch of stapled together pieces of paper. <laughs> yeah. That you're writing on the back of. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's like, like woven with like a uh-huh. piece of leather with holes along yeah. the spine. Yeah. And he's like, he's taking a piece of leather and like wrapped it around it as if Bound. it is the cover. Mm-hmm. And then he carved like a picture of him and Black Spire high-fiving <laughs> into the leather in the front and it says best friends underneath. Aww. And then on the back it says do not look in this book or I'll fucking kill you <laughs> on the back yeah <laughs> <laughs> you don't know until you read the he is very much a child in his mind in a oh, lot yeah. of ways <laughs> so he's flipping through the pages and you see you're seeing like lists of Drake orders on the front uh-huh. like 20 vodkas, 60 ox bloods, like that kind of stuff, where yeah. it's like they're replenishing inventory, but then on the back, every page is like a different woman's name. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he flips to the, the, the most recent entry, and it says Wendy. 
You said you wanted it to be embarrassing, right? Proceed. Fuck. <laughs> this is the most embarrassing one I can read you. Ving's like, no, 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 please. No, please, no. I can't watch this, please. Uh, I'm just going to go in the closet while I read this. <laughs> Very well. It's like, I just don't want you to look at me while I read it. You get to the closet. Okay. And you're enshrined in darkness and bathrobes. And beaver cat piss. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a real nest in here. Shadowpaw really, you Shadow know. This isn't even your room. Yeah, I'm marking my territory, so any beaver cats that come in here know this is my turf. <laughs> <laughs> the ranger's heart is a winter bloom. It hides from ice and bitter winds, but with the warmth of sun at noon, the beauty breaks, and friendship mends. The doors fling open. <clears throat> well, Wendy says she's got a bemused look on her face. That was very embarrassing. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> but not without talent. I believe I can trust you now. Okay. An artist showing their heart to the world is the most vulnerable thing I can imagine. And because of this, I believe that the three of you are who you believe you say you are to believe I am. <laughs> okay. Wow. Now that was embarrassing. <laughs> so, perhaps it is time I let you in on our side of the plan a little bit more. The Talon is in the city. We are here, as we have been commanded by King Nathaniel, to support you in your efforts to cleanse the heartwood tree of its corruption. We will do it thusly. Nesh, the young ranger that you encountered in the forest uh -huh. doing his karate moves mm. has been placed inside the seminary of the Church of the Tree. Mm. So with any luck, he will be within the cloister soon. Sick. Where's everyone else? Taurus is amongst the people, blending in as a simple laborer. Cut over to Taurus for a second. And he's beating the shit out of a woodcutter. <laughs> and there's like six women lined up watching him. Uh, yeah, it's just a crowd of people as he like pulls his jerkin Whoa. off and his glistening elf muscles. Jerkin Doom. off. <laughs> oh, wow. He's pulling it. Jerkin off. Wow. And Lysander has been in this room this entire time. <laughs> Show yourself. <laughs> and he emerges from like a corner where he was just so still. He comes from underneath the sheet, like stands, stands up, and rises up just oh under the sheets completely. And he just flips up and flips them down over himself. Hello there. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> it looked so flat. He has a lit pipe in his mouth as he pops back up. Ving was sitting on him and didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> so these are the kids, huh? Yes, they are, if Nathaniel's word is to be trusted, our only hope. And he holds out his hand to Vang. You got a firm grip there, son. He's old. Remember, he's, he's got gray hair. He's quite old, but he has stayed a, a regular rank and file ranger his entire career. Kind of looks like Sam Elliott. A little bit, yeah. In darker skin. Darker oh, yeah. skin. Like, yeah, gray hair. Yeah, and then also definitely the handlebar mustache. So, we are here to support you, Nesh. With his infiltration, Lysander with his stealth abilities, uh, Taurus with his combat support, and me, other stuff. <laughs> Tell me a bit about your plan. 
and how we can best aid you. So should we kind of be straight up with them? Do you yeah. guys think? Yeah. That's our. That's usually our mo. Our, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing you have not told them everything yet. All right. So Tuck has a bag of six obsidian coins, and he tosses it on the table in front of everyone. He's like, "What do you guys know about these?" They spill out of the bag. Hmm. She reaches down and picks it up and holds it up to the light. I can't say that I've ever seen one before. What manner of currency be these? Clink. The beacons. Magnets for demons. Demons, you say? Icons is another word for them. Icons. And what relevance do they have to our current situation? There is a guy wandering around the world handing these out to people. Have you heard any stories of a traveler? An elderly man with a kind countenance, dressed all in black, big black hat, wandering through the world, affecting things. Cold as the night. And uh, Lysander chomps the end of his pipe thoughtfully. You mean the gibbous man. So you've heard of him? Only stories. But he is not one to be trifled with from what the tales have told. What do you know about him? Oh, just that he appears offering aid to people in need, but that his intentions are always his own. I always thought he was a myth. What do you feel these myths offered those who heard them? Comfort? Solace? He means to disrupt all these things. So you're saying that he's real? He's very real. We've seen him with our own eyes. Well, at least Bing has. And you've seen the touch of his fingers on the land. All that has been happening to the forest comes at his hand. Then our quest is even more dire than I imagined. Lorangarvinga, mm. she turns to you. You are the spirit walker. What counsel you next? Mm. My counsel is not my own. I wait for... Th- the world to tell me. I will counsel the tree. Deedly dee. <laughs> and her and eyes leave are... Leave me be <laughs> on balcony <laughs> from whence I sit and, and, and smell beaver cat shit. I will come up with a plan. For if not, I am the spirit man. <laughs> And Tuck throws his notebook to the ground, <laughs> so angry. He's like, you fucking improvise that? This fucking sucks. I suck. And Ving winks at Tuck. <laughs> and Tuck kicks the chair that Ving is sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> and you, he rolls backwards out through the door onto the balcony. And, and stands lands, up. Yeah, lands in a llama llama llama. Yeah, looks so cool. And Tuck is so mad. He goes into the bathroom and slams the door. <laughs> Ving is piggybacking on the wind, sp- wind spirit. He's sitting on his shoulder, so he's like hovering on the deck. Ooh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, so what move are you going to use? I'm going to do communion of whispers. When I spend time in a place making note of its resident spirits, uh, roll plus wisdom, be granted a vision of significance to you, your allies, and the spirits around you. Ten plus, it's clear and helpful. I got six. Okay, six. Can I aid from a distance? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can aid. How are you aiding? Um, Billy is B 
being helpful by um, shoving sheets under the bathroom door to muffle out <laughs> Tuck's crying. <laughs> Trying to make it more peaceful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I work so hard. I got a 10. 10. <laughs> nice. I work so hard. And you are, you are alone communing with the spirits of this place. So you get a seven to nine, which means uh, the, a vision with an unclear meaning. Mm-hmm. So what you see is um, the most beautiful, pristine, grassy hill you've ever seen. The, sh- the light of the sun shining down. An elf in a long green robe like floats into the vision and plants a sapling in the hilltop. Cups his hands over it as, and his hands fill with crystal clear water that waters the earth that the sapling is in and it sprouts forth into the air. Its branches arcing and twisting beautifully, creating a canopy under which on the branches, beautiful fruits begin to bloom and grow. Out of the most beautiful flowers. Exactly. And those fruits become heavy and they drop to the ground and where that fruit touches, the elves spring to life. Mm. Millennia pass before your eyes. Beautiful elves and beautiful elven culture spring forth and are thriving. And then shadows begin to swell in around the edges of this canopy, breaking against the barrier of light like waves against the shore. The fingers of the darkness start like reaching in through the roots of the tree and rotting the heart of this trunk. And the elves weep. They weep as their culture rots before them. And the green-robed figure, who you know to be the embodiment of all that makes this order what it was and was meant to be you see them turn towards the darkness with like staff and trowel and hand uh, ready to take back what the forest deserves from the clutches of this darkness and as you do you see the face of this mystical gardener figure the vox silvi the first voice of the forest shift to the face of another that sticks in your mind you don't recognize them and they put the, the staff and the trowel together. Yes. To make a weapon. Yes. Oh, cool. To create cool. like a trowel spear sort of gardener's tool. Mm-hmm. Sick. Um, Distorting the original intention. Mm-hmm. And then you see a quick flash of a few visions of like a young elf in a green robe who's like watching people become hard and mean and the way that the gardeners treat the tree as like a tool rather than a thing to be revered and cared for. Uh, you see them like sneaking out in the middle of the night leaving the cloister which you know is forbidden amongst mm-hmm. gardeners in the order picking unripened fruit which is like a yeah. real no no it's mm-hmm. like it's a cursed act yeah and what you mainly see is you see a, a face that sticks in your mind that you believe to be a person that lives in this place but that is that is all you take all, all you can take from the vision as you are returned to the material plane to somebody that is now displeased with the way thing the the gardeners have been run basically. that's what you believe yeah cool uh and for those of you that don't listen to the bonus content because we mentioned it in a in a bonus content segment the vox silvi is one half of what we talked about elven justice being there being in all of these kind of proceedings the vox silvi which is the voice of the forest speaks for the land and then the vox populi voice of the people that speaks for the elves there's dissension in the ranks you saw this in your vision yes there is an unhappy gardener would you recognize this gardener if you saw them i think i could okay then we must get you close to the gardeners 
Yeah, I think we should. Uh, I think we should stake out the church. And then you hear Tuck go through the the, <laughs> the door. Yeah, we need to get close to the church. <laughs> I think what we should do. <laughs> tears streaked down his face, so wet. His beard is damp with tears. All right, yeah, let's go to the church or whatever. <laughs> Lysander uh, gets out of the bed and reaches down, picks up Tuck's poetry book, and hands it to him. I I gotta say, I liked it. Really? Yeah, you got a real talent, kid. And he like pats your arm. Thanks, man. And he walks past you making the face that's like, oh boy. (laughs) Uh, So how would you be observing the cloister? Um, Yeah, I could be a little hobo getting alms. (laughs) Yep. I like that. We could also all pick a, like, sort of, like the other place. Like Storm and Norman was here, yeah. Like where we're... (laughs) <laughs> where we're all gonna watch a different zone. Yeah, different yeah totally. zone of it. Make a little triangle. Yeah, mm-hmm. we go we yeah. could all go out and like yeah. uh stake it out to try and get some information on how to get in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. We're all getting less codependent and can split up for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole time everyone's like, Man, I really should get back to this too. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what they're up to right now. The guy's walking around behind the thing. We're in circles Yeah. But Tuck's doing something pretty awesome right now. Yeah. I miss Billy. And you cut to Tuck and he's like, fucking piece of shit, Ving, being good at poetry, fucking asshole, using his fucking stupid elven brain, being better than me at better, better than me at fucking word stuff. Fuck words. Words are fucking stupid. <laughs> Tuck's poem was so good. It was great. It was a great poem. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> Ving's poem literally contained the words shit. beaver cat shit. <laughs> and then Tuck scribbles out the Wendy poem and he's like, to the beautiful Wendy. You no. have put Yes, keep going. (laughs) We were doing so well. Okay, great. So, Jessica, you mentioned something about Billy going to a soup kitchen or something or getting (laughs) alms. Oh, no, I was, yeah, I thought I'd like kind of sit outside and like a little ragamuffin thing sort of like what he did in McCall where Mm -hmm. like the kids would just like sit around and like, you Mm -hmm. know, beg for money or like ask for snacks and treats and stuff. Yeah. Um, And he sees another ragamuffin who's doing a similar thing Mm. and he's got a sign up that obviously Billy can't read, but he's like, oh, I've never seen anyone use a sign before. So he grabs like... <laughs> I've never seen anyone use Is a this sign. kid the first one who uses a sign? Yeah. Wow. So Billy's like really interested. He's like, I want to make a sign too. So he grabs a piece of bark and a rock and starts etching in what he what he thinks is the same thing as the other kids got on his sign. <laughs> That's pretty great. So Billy, what Billy doesn't know is that his sign says "Will work for food." Yeah, <laughs> can can do, uh, can do tricks or whatever. Yeah, can do know. tricks uh, and wood chopping and babysitting. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, great. Uh, is this an opportunity for Billy to use what is it? Contact oh, his, yeah. his ragamuffin sure. move. The ragamuffin yeah, move. Yeah, I'm gonna try that. So I'm I sidled in a little closer just to see the sign better, mm-hmm. copy it. Does he have a vest on? Yeah. Yep. He's got a little vest and he's got a little hat on, <gasps> but it's a top hat. It's not a flat cap. Uh, unfortunately. What a fancy little guy. It's got the, yeah, it's got the pop, the top popped out of it. Oh yeah. Classic, classic ragamuffin yeah. hat. I'll yep. say, Hey. Hello. Uh, how, how often are you out here? Oh, just about every day. This is, this is sort of my place that I come to. There used to be more of us, but as time went on. More of the kids, more of the ragamuffins, you see. You look like you're a ragamuffin yourself. I am a ragamuffin. I can, t- I can see the type. Um, 
lot of us realized that the church was getting less and less generous, so they moved on. Well, that's a, a shame. Oh, you know how it is, just how it is here in Hartwood City. Oh, don't you know it? Um, I, I'm, uh... Larry. My name's Larry. What's your name? Oh, my name? My name's Biafindar. You could call Beautiful. me Biff. Biff? Call me Biff. Larry's short for laryngitis. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, laryngitis. That sounds like a proud elven name. It It is. Passed down to me from my dad. Yeah. <laughs> And then his dad. <laughs> we all got laryngitis from my great, great, great grandfather. <laughs> we were sharing one water bottle. <laughs> you know, I'm just wondering, like, do they ever come out of there? It's been a while since I've, like, you know, hung out on the streets. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to roll the yeah. connections for this. 11. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. So with an, with an 11 on connections, what is that? 10 plus. Um, so on a 10 plus, someone has it just for you. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Biff goes, oh, yeah, you know, not as many as they used to, mm-hmm. but there are a couple gardeners who still, um, they sort of have their prescribed, quote unquote, prescribed times that they're allowed to come out of the cloister. And some of them choose to use that to, to give poor old souls like us a coin or two, scrap of food. Oh, boy. Can't wait. Would would love a scrap of food. Oh well, you're just in time then, and you hear. <laughs> Billy starts like uh, positioning his sign, like waving around. <laughs> like you are outside of a little Caesar, <laughs> yeah, like a pizza twirler, He's doing a dance, <laughs> spinning it. Uh-huh. And Biff sees you do this and is like, "You got the right idea." And he gets up and he starts spinning his sign around. <laughs> You start getting competitive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sign spinning, like weaving around myself and, yeah, like, and kind of tossing it between my legs. <laughs> Holy shit. Between your legs? Well, it's a pretty small There is not spine. a lot of room in there. No, Billy has to jump over it a lot. <laughs> and Biff kind of puts it on his finger and tries to twirl it like a frisbee, but he's not very agile. So he just keeps doing it over and over again. But uh, the doors to the cloister creak mm. open. And. As these two ancient massive church doors open, what gets revealed is these two little grubby urchins doing signs spinning like crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, there are only two gardeners. There are a number of guards. There's probably a, like half a dozen guards per gardener that comes out. Billy drops his sign and takes a really long time picking it up to try to scope out the faces. Yeah. Discern realities. Go ahead. Yeah. Ooh, that's only a six. Okay. Shit. Uh, so you Ooh. get a point of experience. Or can I use... Oh, you have fairy childs? So yeah, I'll use one to turn a failed roll into a seven and nine. Okay, great. So you get one question off the discern realities okay. list. What here is useful or valuable to me? Uh, what here is useful or valuable to you is that one of the gardeners is quite old, wizened, mm. bent, long, long white hair hanging down on either side of her head hunched but like on an old cane that looks like it's like grown around her like not into her hand Mm -hmm. but it's like grown with her hand basically over the years and she walks over and she drops a few coins of elven silver into the hat of biff 
goes, thank you, miss. Thank you. And she comes over to you and she does the same. Gives you a few coins. Oh, thank you. Of course. It's the will of the trees that the little boys be taken care of. And she turns and says, You see, Elman, this is the true role of the gardeners, and wit has been forgotten. And Elman, who she is talking to, is striking to you. Something about his features seem very familiar. Oh. Uh. Oh, oh <laughs> shit. What do I do? I, I'm. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm trying to like ping my ring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, start, I'm just like squeezing it in my finger like a fist. Like, guys, I see him. I see the guy. I think it's like as Billy's like hitting his ring with his thumb, like trying to turn <laughs> it on. <laughs> Elman nods and goes, ah, yes. And he reaches into his sleeve. Like he pulls his hands out of his, the sleeves of his robes and he has like two pieces of fruit. Uh-huh. And he gives one to you and one to Biff. And they nod at you and they turn and uh, the old woman totters back towards the gate and Elman walks with her. Um, I pick up my stuff and I follow from a distance. Oh, yeah. cool. So they are going right back towards the, the, the gate. <gasps> Shadow dance. Oh. Oh. oh shit. I'll leave my body here, though. So that but is true. It is a sacrifice. <laughs> no, really, actually, I turn around really fast. And I, I give my sign to Biff and I say, can I take a nap right here? Uh, I, uh, I, I suppose. Thanks. I, <laughs> you can have cool. my silver. <laughs> it could be a parlay. Almost. Yeah, parlay. Yeah. yeah, absolutely parlay. Just, just watch over my sign and watch over me while I take a really fast nap. And you can have my money. Okay, 2d6 plus charisma. <laughs> Ten. Ten. Yes. <laughs> Shit, yeah. You got a deal. <laughs> Easiest silver I've ever made. And plop. <laughs> Out. Oh my god. <laughs> B- Billy? <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to use shadow dance. I'm going to spend a hold of fairy child and roll wisdom. Okay. To see how long it can stay. Excellent. I only got a six. A six. Um. I mean, you do have one more. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to yeah. use them all. That's yeah. For me. Okay. So this is the last fairy child for the day. Yeah. Um. But you. Okay, so I'll so, get one hold. Yeah. You try and leave your body. You try and enter the fairy. This sort yeah. of halfway state that you have been able to enter transition so easily in the past. But it's like something's holding you back for a second, and you really have to focus. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. But oh. you're. A whoop. It's almost like there's like sticky sludge mm-hmm. in the tree. Yeah. Like it was really hard to get up off the ground. Oh, yeah. That makes sense with the sap. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're running in a dream and it feels like you're in tar. Yeah. 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 But you are able to enter the ferry and you are the ferry again. You leave the boy behind for a moment. Okay. Stay focused, Billy. Yeah. I, I actually, I like the idea that when Billy is the fairy, mm-hmm. that he has to keep reminding himself, I am Billy. I am Billy. I am Billy. So I he doesn't Billy. get lost. Because in this place with this vibrant oh, spiritual so tree, yeah, mm-hmm. it's probably just, it's like coming home from a long trip and seeing your own oh, yeah. bed in front of your you. Your own toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could take the most comfortable shit in the world right now <laughs> and never, ever get up. <laughs> Oh boy, okay, keep focus and follow that dude that you know the face of. Okay, so Billy, you, f- you kind of flit through the ferry after Elman and the old woman through the gates into the cloister. Uh, who's next, Tuck or Ving? So what are we doing? We're just, we split up? Yeah, you split up to survey the cloister to see... The cloister wall. To yeah. like see different I had nothing. If you have something, do it. I have something. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. Tuck, yeah. 
The Turk is climbing the cloister wall. No, no, no. <laughs> I no. have something. This is exactly what I would expect to happen when you three split up. Uh, so you're climbing through acro- over the outer wall, of course. Yes. You have determined that there is enough of a gap in the patrol that you can climb over this part. Yes. Okay. So first things first, defy danger strength. I'll fucking show Vang who's good at words. Uh... <laughs> Uh, 11. Words yeah. never climbed a wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what's good at w- walls? Arms. Words Words can fuck themselves is what words can do. So you pull Words your- can't get in a cut phase. <laughs> Arms can. So you pull yourself up over the wall. Yeah. And you are like far enough away from any uh, patrols that you're kind of safe right now. And when he gets to the top of the wall, he says, Arms one, words zero. <laughs> Fuck you all. <laughs> uh, and you see a but like you get to the top of the wall and you look over at the walls of the cloister, which are, of course, because this second wall was built. These aren't made for defense. Uh-huh. So you see the massive trunk of the heart tree in the cloister. How big a cross do we think the trunk of the heart tree is? It's like the width of like a big house, like a mansion. Yeah. Kind of okay. Thing. Cool. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's pretty big and gnarly. I like how gnarly yeah. it is. So you yeah. can actually climb into it potentially because yeah. it's so. It looks like Methuselah. So it's like you could get in there if you needed to. I think that's what you, what Tuck sees initially. Yeah, is that there are like gaps and gnarls in the trunk where you're like, is there? I mean, if there's something, if there's a corruption in the heart of the tree, is there a corruption in the heart of the tree? Uh huh. Yeah, and then you have to think quick because there are patrols coming back your way. <laughs> Can I use, is there any way I can use the coin in my chest to like do something? I mean, well, what do you mean do something? To to like study the like corruption at the heart of the tree. I think that, you know what? Okay. So this is something that we maybe never considered Uh uh, is what you could use to study the corruption at the heart tree is your eyes. (laughs) You're familiar with the gibbous man. You're familiar with corruption and demons. You could Uh probably look at it and try and determine how it might be twisting the tree. (laughs) (laughs) Open your eyes as wide as possible. Get your fingers in there. Oh, I have an ear for magic, but can he use an ear for magic to see the corruption at the heart of the tree? Can he try to? What is it? Uh, Yeah, you should be able to with all the stuff in him. Yeah, Yeah, you do have a coin in your chest. Yeah. I want to ear for magic the fuck out of this tree. So please read the move and please integrate it into your decisions <laughs> instead of just saying the name of it. And swearing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, feeling very attacked right now. I'm going to fucking ear this tree so goddamn magic. It's going to be insane. Okay. <laughs> so can you read an ear for magic for me? Was that a poem? When you hear... An enemy cast a spell. The GM will tell you the name of the spell and its effects. Take plus one forward when acting on the answers. Oh, shit. So you just ask. Yeah. And I have to tell you. Yes. See, this is why I was like, we should limit it to certain <laughs> kinds of energy instead of all of them. But uh, I think the demon stuff is, I think you feel the coin in my chest. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're Do not you're reacting not, to it. Oh, like it's, it's like having a piece of magnet. Yeah, I feel like it's even just that you're aware of it. Uh-huh. Like you're not always aware of the pain of the coin anymore because your your pain tolerance is so weirdly high. Yeah, but you are just like, Ugh. like you f- kind of yeah. shift around. Um, you think that? Oh. oh, what? No, yeah, you tell me. Here's what I think it is. Mm-hmm. The c- coin in Tuck's chest is still like not in one piece. 
Like when those coins are in one piece and there's a demon in them, they're just white, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's contained the demon. Mm-hmm. But like there is like I think iconic energy just like kind of leaking out and like Ooh. it's almost like when you put a microphone and a speaker in front of each other, it's creating like feedback yeah. where the coin in the tree is reacting to the oh i will say that you don't know what's in the tree oh yeah we do oh yeah it was a piece of yeah, yeah. piece of obsidian yeah. yeah the coin in the tree is reacting to like the shards of obsidian in my chest that have mm. de- like a demon in them which is reacting to the coin in the tree so it's creating like a feedback mm. loop of like demonic energy yeah. of iconic energy oh. yeah okay so that is that is the answer there's definitely something in the tree physically in the tree the other thing that you think about is if I can feel the coin in the tree, it can probably feel me. Whoa. So that's something to be aware of. Uh, and what was, your, what was your specific question in terms of Ear for Magic? Is there a demon in the coin in the tree? Ah, that, well, I guess that reactive feeling would tell you, that yes, there is. Ooh. Tell me what demon it is. <laughs> No, Whoa. I, Whoa, cool. I will not. Yeah, Defy Shot's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, do I have to like do anything to like withstand the energy that's like building up? Not yet. Okay, Ving. Yes. What are you doing? I'm just casually walking along mm-hmm. the roots, talking to the tree. Ooh, interesting. He's having a casual walkabout. Yeah. I like that, that you're going to like the different parts of town where like the roots kind of poke out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And trying to get information that way. Doing a different style. Yeah. So what you like put your hand on the root and try and connect with the spirit of the tree. Yeah. Spirit tongue. I just want to know like if, if it can direct us to the pain, what the nature of the, almost like diagnostic, like I kind of want to mm-hmm. triage. Triage. <laughs> Knowledge triage. Knowledge triage. Yeah, okay. So I guess that would probably be discern realities. Yeah. Great. Twelve. Boy oh boy. Sick. So you get uh three questions from this list. What should I be on the lookout for? Uh so what you should be on the lookout for is um you're trying to separate like what the tree feels naturally versus like what you're remembering pilgrimages to heartwood as a child and like meditating under the knowledge tree and vigil when you were younger and remembering that feeling of like wisdom and vitality and you're you're feeling in this tree a sense that you'd never had when you connected with them in the past of a hunger like a need a need to sustain itself over all other living things Mm. A hunger that wasn't there before. Yeah. What here is not what it appears to be. Ah. So you're like, in your mind, you're like the coin, the coin, I have to find the coin. And you are filled with a resistance from the spirit of the tree that tells you it is not a coin. What? What? We saw a coin, but it's not a coin. You saw a night black piece of obsidian. Oh, fuck. Words tricked us again. (laughs) (laughs) You got something else. What else is obsidian? No. Uh, Moving on. Moving on. Next question. Pick the right one so we figure this out. (laughs) (laughs) 
who's really in control here? Hmm. Yeah, I think, um, oh, I think for this, we cut away from Ving and back to Tuck, oh, cool. who is standing on the edge of the wall, watching patrols approach and like doing the mental calculus, the Sherlock Holmes vision of trying to figure <laughs> out where to go. So many question marks. Yeah. And it's all a lot of backwards ease in Tuck's brain. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you're crouched behind like some barrels. And you hear behind you, directly behind you, the ranger's heart is Winterbloom. Whoa. Yeah, and you turn, and Wendy is next to you. Wendy? But I choose to side with the bitter wind. And she does this like weird ranger move. She hooks a foot behind your leg and kind of tips you over the edge of the wall. Whoa. Into <laughs> the inner cloister and yells, guards! And then jumps over the wall back into the city. And as Tuck is falling, his vision fills with a burning tree. And that's where we're going to end it. Uh, I've been your game master, Sean O'Hara. Joining me is always playing Tacoma Dome, the barbarian, Abdul Aziz. So long, everybody. Playing Ving, the half-elf druid, Paul Oppers. Uh, take care. Playing Fappily, the halfling thief, Jessica Tai. Bye, everyone. Uh, thank you to Aaron Reed for our intro and outro music. Thank you to all of our supporters around the world for supporting the show without you this show would not be possible if you would like to support us uh find us at patreon.com slash for a whole bunch of bonus content and most of all thank you to all of you for listening we'll see you next time and so ends the tale of adventures three who tried the best they can though dumb and scared and lost they be for times abreast in revelry Though our journey may be like a conclusion We will not leave you without a resolution Return next week to hear some more Whilst you commute or do your chores And for you I'd gladly